sirens about to sound on the Gold Coast Suns' first ever win against the Adelaide Crows. A history-making moment for the Gold Coast Suns. They've now beaten every team in the competition. And this was a pivotal moment in the history of both clubs. And not just uh, beat the Adelaide Crows yesterday, the Gold Coast Suns. It was a shellacking, 53 points, the final margin. And as a footy fan, watching teams emerge and develop uh, warms the cockles of your heart. I reckon if you're the coach of that team, I don't know what it does to you, but you'd be pretty chuffed, I reckon. Stuart Dewey is the coach of the Gold Coast Suns. He joins us on The Breakfast Club. Good morning, Stewie. Yeah, good morning, lad. Now, it warms the cockles of the hearts of the footy fans. What does it do for the coaches invested heaps of time and energy into building a group to, to play a brand of football like we saw yesterday against the Adelaide Crows? How do you feel? Um, oh, I think we all, like the whole group, you know, whether it's the coaches, the, the fitness staff and the club, I think just to see the boys actually go out to execute what they want to, what they want to achieve. And I think, you know, being able to back up from the week before is important for us. But then again, we've got to come back down and, and reload and go again. Well, that's the challenge week in, week out, as you well know, in the world of footy. But just that's the point I was going to talk to you about, being able to back it up uh, and walk in after last week's performance and, and not get too carried away, not get too high, uh, which can sometimes happen with developing young teams. Was that your messaging early in the week, to get back on the horse and just get back to work? Yeah, and I think having a couple of guys that have you know, played in successful teams like Brandon Ellis and Hugh Greenwood, you know, they've, they've lived that seven, six-day cycle where you've got to keep coming and going again. So... Having them around the groups helped, and but the leaders are also on board. It's more of a, you know, I guess not a relief to win. It's actually what we expected to do, and and to tick it off, and then move on pretty quick. Joey, what's the area of Gold Coast game that you're most pleased with at the moment? Is it contested footy? Is it tackles? What's the the one area that's really standing out for you at the minute? I think just our balance um, around the ball. So the contested part's one thing, but then that that outer layer is not getting drawn in, which previously. You know, I think when you're getting beaten and contested ball, everyone gets drawn to the footy, trying to impact, trying to do the right thing. Um, but just being able to hold that balance to then use the ball on the outside as well. So in the past, the, the team has been in this situation. Last year, I think you started the season three and one. So how do you make sure... You, you, sp- you speak about that six, seven-day cycle. Do you do something different now? Do you, is it, do you look back at last year and go, well... Maybe there's a few injuries and that, that costs us, but do you do something different to make sure that the mindset stays in this moment? Um, oh, we're probably in a totally different mindset, all of us, compared to previous years and, and not referring to, to last year and making sure that the guys understand that this is a whole new group. You know, each, each year's a new start. But I think we've, we're actually getting our guys' heads around the fact that to do what you need to do in AFL footy don't go searching for things. Don't go searching for the change-up. You've actually just got to stay the course and not be worried about getting bored with the process. So we're actually probably going the other way and trying to do the same thing over and over. Stewie, we talked to Brad Lloyd just before 8 o'clock about Carlton's win against Geelong, and he, he talked about it being almost like a validation game for all the hard work they've been doing, that you know this is what's going to happen if you, if you keep staying the course. Is it a bit like that for you to have, have a win like that, a dominant win, that it's sort of for your own situation with what you've been coaching them over the last couple of years, that it's, it's now coming together? Um, I don't know about validation because we probably, we probably don't want to feel like we're, we're there and we're not there. We know that for a couple of weeks, but it is just an injection of belief for the players because as staff, we can see the work they're putting in, but for it to come out 
and them to feel it and feel what that winning's like, I think that's the most important thing to them. And what about for you personally? You've been there a, a little while now. To, to see it starting to to unfold, how much easier is it for you to do your job when you're seeing your players actually be able to put into place what you've been teaching them? Yeah, I think um, might have been Mick Mulder that said, what makes a good coach a good player? So I think <laughs> all the credit's got to go to them and the work they've put in. And, and some of these guys have been churning away for, for a number of years, but then the new guys that come in have added a different element. So I think just getting that mix, but the right attitude from the players. I guess from our point of view, when you see that leading into the game, but the whole week process, it gives you good confidence. I reckon you've got to take a bit of credit, Stewie, just on the back of the way that the system of play you've installed there and the, the players' belief in it. Yeah, you've got to have some talent to pull it off, but watching the game yesterday just highlighted that for me, that some of the options that were being taken, they were really bold. There was nothing safe about it. It was bold. We want to get the game moving because we've got talent, we've got speed, and, and they played accordingly. So you've created that environment and they've bought in. So I think you and your coaching staff deserve a fair bit of credit for what you've done over the last couple of years. Yeah, we're just trying to, I guess, get them to play to their strengths. And we've got a, some players who've got some natural flair and, and speed. So it's just that encouragement to to play their own game, play it on its merits. We you know we're not, I guess, we're not trying to overcoach. We are really just giving a bit of a framework and, and letting them go to work at the moment. So And just holding some high accountability around that. We're obviously seeing Matt Rowell on the field and what he's been able to do over the opening rounds. Tell us a little about him off-field. Is he just fanatical about his football? <laughs> it's hard not to love him. Um, the, the whole club does. And I think everyone that's come across him, you know, at different times. And, you know, I think last week's Rising Star nomination was great for everyone that's got him on the journey. But, but he's more interested in the team stuff. And I think that that's, that sums him up. But he's, he's fanatical. Um, you know, him and Noah have always got footies in their hand. And look out the window of the office. They're always down there doing extra touch and, You've actually got to kick him out, tell him to go home. So um, it's a good problem to have. Did you know he was going to be as good as he's become? I mean, he's a number one draft pick. We all knew that he was going to have an impact. But what he's doing, I'm not sure whether we've quite seen it before from someone so quickly, so young. Yeah, I think it's really hard to predict how things transfer, but probably less about his numbers at under-18 level. It's more about the situations in games. And then he would just always step up. Um, and there was a game that we watched, I think it was Kerry playing um, against another school. And it, hit, and it was like him and Noah just said, well, we're a bit down, just get on our backs and we're going to go. And that's the stuff you look at and go, well, you know, they play like there's no scoreboard and I think that's important. And it's rubbing off on our players. And he'll get a lot of the accolades at the moment. But those other young players now that are really coming through, McPherson, Ainsworth, Bowes, Butterick, Lacocious was good again. Sam Collins has been terrific down back. How happy are you with their development? Are they where you want them to be now, Dewey? Yeah, and they're on the path. And I think, yeah, um, Connor Butterick, who's a local lad, has gone under the radar a little bit. But, you know, to be able to put him in the back pocket, he just competes and never loses his feet. And he's really sure with ball in hand. So I think that group of players are actually starting to understand where each other are going to be on the field and, now, you know, getting that 20, 30 games together because just racking up games doesn't get it done, but actually playing together and understanding where they move, where they're going to be, that's that synergy piece that everyone's chasing. Joey, we've heard from so many administrators, GMs of footy and CEOs, about the football department and how they're looking. 
You guys had about 50-odd full-time staff in your football department. Now it's down to 25. How has that changed or for you as a, as a senior coach? Has it, has it made the workload harder? Has it, has a guys doing multiple roles? How, how, how's it changed your football department? Um, well, I mean, firstly, there's a lot of, um, a lot of good people that, that aren't there anymore. And, and I guess that, that was difficult at first. And, and I think the players were, I guess they, they probably move on a little bit quicker because they've got a real task at hand. Whereas we were used to interacting with so many people. So in some ways, um, it's, it, it, there's some things that are harder, but then the communication among staff is a lot easier because there's less people. Um, so it is easier to get to more people and feel like you can get to a lot of people and build good relationships. Whereas when you've got 50 people, plus we've got 50 players, um, you know, it's 100 people that you're trying to get to across seven days. That, that can be difficult. Stewie, I want to talk to you about Jared Witts because I'm, I'm not sure he's quite getting the credit he deserves. I mean, there's his leadership, which I think is is underrated, but also just his pure impact on games. It's been happening for quite a while now, perhaps not getting the recognition it deserves. What, what, what's he like up at the Gold Coast Suns, and how would you assess his impact? Oh, it's, it's immense. It's hard to measure. It's, it's been outstanding since he committed to the club and, you know, he became co-captain. He won our best and fairest, I think. You know, we, we think he's up there in the conversation with, with Grundy and Gorn and he probably missed out on that, that conversation last year and I think that, you know, he should well and truly be in that. We think he's a top three ruckman in the league and he impacts the game. His, his first bounce set the scene yesterday, which was really important. There's conversations with the new uh, fixture that will be released whenever it is, Stuart, that um, because it's rotating and get a chance to schedule teams to play in the prime spots. Do you think the Gold Coast deserve prime time TV coverage? <laughs> oh, I haven't, heard that. I haven't heard that one. But, um, you know, I think we'd love that opportunity for sure. I think um, every club would love to, to play on a Thursday or Friday night. So, you know, if we're lucky enough to get that. But, you know, if I think for... For us, we just keep on this, this cycle, try and maintain momentum, and that'll be a byproduct of that. Well, you're good for footy at the moment, the way you're playing, and I think broadcasters would be loving watching the Gold Coast Suns in action at the moment. It's credit to, to you and your boys on the back of that happening. Uh, just before we let you go, we do appreciate your time. I was concerned about Ken Hinkley's sugar intake last night. I saw six cans of Red Bull in the coach's <laughs> box, and that concerns me, Stewie. What's your poison in the coach's box? What do you get up to? No, there's no red ball. There's a, there's a water and, and chewing gum. So that's it. <laughs> that's it. I think, um, no, nah, I, I think that might be a sponsorship thing, that one. <laughs> You'd be a bit crooked if you're having five of those. <laughs> Didn't you do a little bit of good activity during the, uh, the, 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 sort of the break? Didn't you sort of lose a few kilos? Is that true? Oh, I jumped in with the boys a fair bit. I'm actually... We, my family came to the game yesterday because we were lucky enough to have uh, crowds and um, the kids were having a bit of a meltdown by the end of the game. So we took two cars to the footy and only one went home. So I got lucked out. I'm walking 15 k's to work. So that'll it's probably good for me. <laughs> well, stay away from the red ball, but do whatever it is you're doing. Just keep doing it, Stewie, because we are very, very happy watching your boys in action. Well done on the weekend's performance and look forward to seeing you in action next Saturday night against Fremantle. Go get them. Thank you. Appreciate that. Good stuff. Stewie Jerry, the coach of the Gold Coast Suns.